Interaction, communication, conversation, intimacy. At the core of our very being, we are drawn to him. Drawn to his voice, drawn by a whisper. Yet we are deafened by this world, assailed by the noise. Our senses convulsing in the daily fight for attention. The momentum of activity threatening to steal control. But he is always speaking in the extraordinary and the ordinary. He is always speaking, always waiting, waiting for us to tune in to the wavelengths of his voice, to find life in the richness of his word, waiting for us to take hold of the promise that we might hear him. Thank you so much and a, a warm welcome to our Leicester and Cambridge campus and all those uh, joining us online. Well, what a rich series we've had, um, learning all about hearing God's voice. And uh, we've, we've already heard, haven't we, from, from Dwayne, from Dave and Annabelle last week, lots of practical equipping to help us in this whole area. Well, today I'm going to focus on hearing God in community. And uh, I want to begin by picking up on a theme that I've noticed running through the series by way of laying a foundation. Uh, and in essence, this theme could be summed up in this question, which is, why does God speak to us? I mean, if we just take a step back and ponder that for a moment, why would God, the, the creator and the sustainer of the whole universe, choose to speak to little old me? Well, I remember pondering this very question um, a few years ago. It was October 2011. Uh, and that's because um, I'd had a dream where um, Man United had lost to Man City 6-1 um, at home to Old Trafford. And uh, well, as a United fan, I have to say, it was more of a nightmare than, than a dream. And um, uh, just waking up in, in cold sweats. But uh, I mean, let me just share some facts with you. I mean, the, the season before, uh, United were on top form. They won the league. They came um, in the final in the European League. And, um, and in fact, City hadn't beat United with five goals or more for 50 years. So, I mean, honestly, I just... I just forgot all about this dream and thought, you know, what, what on earth is this? Three days later, October the 23rd, and um, United are at home to Man City. And I'm watching this, this game with some friends around at my mate's house. And, um, and to my utter disbelief, City started scoring some goals. I mean, it was like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And um, it gets to about 4-1 to City. And this dream pops, pops back into my mind. And I'm thinking, I think this might be a prophetic dream. Uh, I think I might know what the final result's going to be. The whistle blows for full time. City wins 6-1. I mean, this dream forward slash nightmare realised before my eyes. Um, I mean, it was literally... Unbelievable. Now, I just have to admit, my first response was how much money I would have made if I was a betting man. I mean, phew, I would have been quids in. Um, but I'm not a betting man, you'll be pleased to know. My second, more spiritual response 
was to ask this question, like with all the important things in my world at that point, why would God choose to speak to me about this um, fairly simple thing, this, this football result? A few days later in prayer, I heard God's whisper in my heart to say, I showed you this dream because I could and because I wanted to. It was this overwhelming sense that God wanted to display and to reveal his heart for relationship and connection with me. God could have given me the result of any sport, any team, any result in the world, but he didn't. He chose to speak into my hobby and into my interests. Of course, I would have preferred a different result, Lord. So why does God speak? Well, motivated by love, God speaks to us for relationship. And you know, we see this truth um, just littered throughout Scripture. We see it in Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It was like the Father's voice speaking to his children. God spoke words of fruitfulness and of care and of abundance and provision, speaking with a, a deep sense of commitment and care. And then if we fast forward all the way to the last chapter in the Bible, Revelation 22, we can hear the, the voice of Jesus, a prophetic invitation to us where he says, all who are thirsty, come to me, come to me. The door is open, come and receive eternal life. So from Genesis, weaved all the way through Scripture to Revelation, we can hear God speak to us from a place of relationship, from a heart of, of connection and committed to us as he speaks to each and every one of us, from a place of closeness and intimate, uh, intimately. You know, let's just give God thanks for him speaking to us with his great love towards us. I just want to say as well, if you would say that you're here today and you're not a Christian, you know, the truth is God's desire is to, to speak to you, maybe not audibly, but perhaps an impression on your heart as we continue in this service. I just want to encourage you to have the, your, your heart open to hear the whispers of God speaking to you today. You know, one thing we've learned from this series is that as God speaks to us for relationship, just how creative he is in speaking to us. In fact, it, it actually reminds me of, of um, Rosie and I when we first started our relationship uh, or courting or dating, whatever we call it, Rosie interviewing for the position of girlfriend. Um, you know, it was all very exciting and, and new. Um, the only problem was we, um, we lived in different cities at the time. But such was our passion for our relationship that we would find different ways to stay in contact with one, uh, one, one another. Uh, we would call each other on what's called a, a landline phone. If you're not sure what that is, you'll have to Google it later. Um, we would save up to buy credit on our mobile phone. We would send each other text messages on, on phones with actual buttons. Remember those? That was when I wasn't playing snakes on my Nokia 3310. Um, we would send emails. And, and also, and I'm quite impressed with this, we would write each other letters as well, which for Rosie was a bit of a, thank you, Rosie was a bit of a, um, a challenge because um, she had to decipher these coded messages with my awful left-handed writing. But, you know, whatever it was, we would just find ways to stay um, in connection, different ways to communicate. And, of course, God is just like that, and even more so. And, we've, you know, we've looked at many creative ways, haven't we, already in this series? 
Do you remember Duane talked about how God can talk to us through creation? We can hear God through pictures and, and dreams and visions. We can hear God through our circumstances. Not that every single happening is, is from God, but the divine conductor, as it were, can communicate through our situations. We can hear God through our common sense. Again, remember Dwayne's um, point. Basketball's probably not for you if you're four foot tall. Um, but common sense can be hearing God through the personality that he's giving us, the strengths he's placed with inside of us. Hearing God through his whispers and hearing God through the word, which is, of course, we've already heard, isn't it? That the pl- that's the plumb line that we can weigh all these other ways that God speaks to us. Does it line up with Jesus as revealed in Scripture? So many ways that we can creatively hear from God. And why does he do this? To affirm his relationship with us. So on this foundation then of God speaking for, um, for, for relationship, and as we wrap up this, this Hearing God series, I want us to now focus in on how we can hear God in community. You know, the truth is that each and every one of us, we can hear God's voice and we can also use our voice to sense what God is saying and share that with one another. This is hearing God in community. Now, we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I just love this chapter. I'm going to just unpick some verses um, from this chapter. And... um, do you know, this is, this, this is written by Apostle Paul. And what he's doing here, he's painting us a picture of the early church and showing us how, how they heard God in community. And when I read this picture, my imagination goes a little bit as I, as I imagine this noisy and chaotic uh, community, the church using their voices in, in all sorts of ways, no sense of order, um, talking over each other, probably frustration setting in or excitedness as people are just um, fumbling and talking over each other to hear what God is saying. Um, it's, it's just this, this community buzz of hearing God's voice and using their voices to sense and understand what God is saying. And so I want to pull out two themes then from this chapter as we consider what it looks like to, to practice and to process hearing God in community. So the first theme then is how we can eagerly hear God for each other. Now, the Bible actually uses the word prophecy for hearing God for others. And, and I just wanted to say, for those that are not perhaps familiar with this term of what prophecy means, it, it's simply this, that we can hear God for, for other people and for those around us, where we can communicate the God-given messages that he's giving us to be able to communicate those to those around us. And this is what we see here. Let me just read 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. It says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. You know, it's just wonderful to know that as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, by His grace, we can receive a number of spiritual gifts. And we actually see some of those in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just two chapters, um, two, two chapters before. And so Paul is encouraging us that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to be able to minister and to bless those around us. So Paul's saying, go for it, like desire these spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. And then the rest of chapter 14 encourages us 
in this gift of prophecy and he's saying to do it responsibly and with care. But it all begins in this first, vo- in this first verse that the ability to prophesy is available to each and every one of us by the Holy Spirit. It's just wonderful. Now, it's important also to note in this first verse that Paul says, follow the way of love. Now, remember, God in speaking to us, he does it, why? He does it for relationship. And guess what? It's the same goal for you and I, that we're to bring words for others from a place of relationship and connection and following the way of love, as Paul encourages us. You know, it's no accident that that sandwiched between chapters 12 and chapters um, 14 of 1 Corinthians is this well-known chapter all about love and right relationship. And let me just read a verse from 1 Corinthians 13. And verse 2, it says this, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but do not have love, I am nothing. So again, essentially, Paul is encouraging us here, like, go for it. Go and exercise the gift of prophecy, but not at the cost of our relationships. The prophetic shouldn't supersede our relationship. Rather, we're to honour one another. We're to listen to each other. We're to be sensitive to the context. You know, it's possible to be able to hear from God with the wrong motivation. I know that's been some of my experiences. I've been perhaps wanting to bring a word to someone and I've been uh, concerned with my reputation or maybe a fear of getting it wrong or wanting to appear impressive as I brought someone a word. You know, wrong motivations. The truth is, with the right motivation, that is carrying God's heart of relationship and from that place bringing words to others. You know, I believe we can, each and every one of us, can step into prophecy in a greater measure and with greater clarity. And that's very much been my experience. Yeah, I remember um, years ago seeing this person with her, with her mum and she had, she had this ankle strap on uh, and she was clearly in some discomfort. And so I just felt a stirring to bring her some I- encouragement. But rather than getting straight into the business of, right, God, what's the word of the Lord for her? Getting into a, a prophetic, like professional persona, um, I, I took a step back. And I began to thank God for his love towards this person. I began to catch God's heart for her and his commitment and care towards this person. And from that place, I began to ask him, Lord, is there anything you would like me to encourage her in? You know, the, beauty, the beautiful thing about that is it takes the focus off me and it puts the focus on God and his relationship with that person. Our voice then just becomes that relational, um, joining those relational dots, which is lovely. It takes the pressure of us. So um, as I, um, God began to speak to me about this person and he began to show me that it was a sports injury and that not only would this person recover, but they would go on to compete at a high level. So I went over to to her and her mum. I explained this to her and they explained that she was a, a gymnast and she was training for a regional team. And so they left encouraged. A uh, number of years later, this person actually went on to join the Great British Olympics team for the Rio 2016 Olympics. Uh, not only that, her brother and his partner um, began to attend church as well after hearing this verse. It stirred something in their faith as well as they heard that word. Just wonderful, isn't it? You know, I've heard it said that prophecy 
is one of the greatest tools of love that we have. And it reminds me back to our um, Radical Community series. We can be those that radically love and serve um, our family and our friends, work colleagues, our, our life group members as we hear God for them. So you might be asking, well, how does that, how does that look in my context? How can I eagerly hear God for others? Well, in the Old Testament, prophets, for, for, for the most part, um, they had a different mandate in their context. But as we move into the New Testament, we see that Paul shows us this early church context of how we can practically hear God for each other. Let's just read this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. It says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouraging, and for their comfort. And we see there are three practical guides, don't we, that Paul gives us. Uh, firstly, we see strengthening. You know, bringing someone a prophetic word should, should always be to build them up and to never tear them down. We should bring words that bring strength into people, that brings a sense of stability that they can carry on into the destiny and the purposes of God in their lives. Second guide is encouragement. You know, personally, I, I think that prophetic people should be the most encouraging people on this earth. An encouraging word should impart courage and faith for, for people to carry on. It should give them hope to rise above their circumstances and persevere and to run their race. The third guide from Paul is comfort. And for me, this very much carries the Father's heart of compassion and care and kindness towards other people. Now, I think we can all follow these three guides from Paul, can't we? We can all bring words of encouragement, of um, strength, and, and to bring comfort as we eagerly hear God for others. Well, let's move on to our, the second theme that we see here in 1 Corinthians 14. And it's that we can safely hear God with each other. So verse 29 says this, that two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Now, though Paul is speaking to a church meeting context here, that this principle of weighing carefully what is said can be applied to many different contexts. Uh, the word weigh there means to judge. It means to discern. It literally means to go back and forth with other people. So what's the point here? The principle is that we can hear God in the safety and the context of other people, of a trusted community. Where we can, that when we sense we can hear God speaking, we can talk with others. We can pray with others. We can process. We can um, hear confirmation and wise counsel as we weigh, weigh it together with others. If you'll allow me to put this bluntly, if you're giving a word to someone or whether you're receiving a word from someone, it should always be within a loving community. Four years ago, um, June 2019, we're living in uh, Manchester at the time. And I'm in my morning prayer time routine and I, I hear the still small voice of God just, just whisper four words to me. And it, and it was this, Kings, Peterborough, Dave and Karen. Now, being the, the godly person that I am, I take my prayer time to Google and I type these four words into the, into the search engine and, uh, and I see that the, there's this church called Kingsgate that I'd never heard of. 
Where was it? It was in Peterborough, a city I'd never visited. And who were the leaders? Well, it was Dave and Karen, who I'd never met. Now, I'm sure you'd agree, that's a pretty big word, isn't it? It's not one that Rosie and I wanted to process uh, on our own. So we gathered together our trusted um, community. Now, in fact, I had to, um, I have to correct that a little bit because Rosie told me off because the first thing I did was go on the Kingsgate website and see this job role for area pastor. And um, so Rosie, to paraphrase Rosie, God didn't, God didn't say go nosing on the Kingsgate website, did he, looking for a job? So after looking online, I then brought in a few trusted people on the journey. We had a couple of friends who were intercessors, um, some spiritual mentors, and we also had conversations with Kingsgate leadership. You know, it's because we surrounded ourselves with this safe community that helped us process on the journey that we were able to discern that it was God calling us to Peterborough and to this Kingsgate family. I mean, what a good decision that was, hey? And I'm so, um, so glad that um, we heard God. And also I went nosing on the website as well. Um, Now, I just, I just want to be clear here. I'm not saying that we need to process every word that we hear, hear from God. For, for example, if God was to, to tell you today that he loves you, you probably don't need to assemble your prophetic warrior community around you. Just receive that word. If I can put it like this, the bigger the prophecy, the greater the need to process with others. So let me now just give us three brief benefits of hearing God with others. And to help us with these benefits, I've, I've got a little illustration for us. And we'll see behind me, we've got a small group here, a small group of guys. We've got Dave in the middle, and solely for the purposes of this illustration, we'll call the others um, Daniel and Josh. Nothing to do with the football teams we support, honest. Now, what do we see here? Dave's received a word about a new calling to support Manchester United. Wow, thank you, Lord. Great word. <laughs> So what are the benefits of hearing God with others? Well, the first benefit is that there is support in the process. There are people who can stand with Dave and walk with him as he processes this word. You know, joking aside, sadly, I, I have seen it time and time again, where people who have felt that they've heard God speak to them and they've moved forward and they've made decisions without processing with others or allowing others to process with them and their interpretation hasn't been God's best for them. But you know, having a small, trusted community supporting us on the process, not afterwards, well, they can encourage us, they can remind us of, of the word. You know, there's often, I don't know if you found this, there's this, there's this middle zone between, between receiving the word and then the word coming to pass, the fulfillment on, on, of the word. And we've got that middle, the in-between zone, the middle stage that we've got to grapple with. And it's when we, we've got the safety of being with other people that we're able to process and walk with each other on that as we support each other. So my, the second benefit is, is space for others to participate um, and to engage with what God is saying. The Bible says that we can prophesy in part. So back to, to this illustration, days received the word. And, um, and Josh is listening in. And as Josh is listening in, he's getting a stirring as well and he's getting a prompting. And then he is able to add to the word as he says, you know, I just sense, Dave, that there's a, there's a crossing over into new football team pastures. So what does this do? Well, this, this adds a different layer, doesn't it? It compounds to what God 
is already saying. But you know, more than that, it brings confirmation. I just love confirmation because confirmation brings um, encouragement to the, the, the givers of the word and it brings encouragement to the receiver of the word as well. It seals that word in and it brings faith to be able to respond to the word. Third benefit is that there is a safety in numbers. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, in an abundance of counsellors, there is safety. So having others around us brings accountability. There's a covering, isn't there, that creates that context of comfort and safety as we weigh carefully together what's being said. So lots of benefits and, you know, just personally believing, we'll see Dave step into the fullness of the word that he's received this morning. Amen. Oh, man, come on. So I do hope you're getting, um, getting the message today. You know, the essence of what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 14 is that we can, each of us can eagerly and safely hear God in community. And as a result, our relationship with God is strengthened and our relationship with one another is also strengthened as well as the church grows and builds itself up in love. Amen. Amen.